the meditation that we do on your word Father that we can take this word with us and share it between us and you so that we can break open the bread of life I thank you Lord that the fragments that we take home with us we can break open and eat at a later time we thank you for that your word is alive and it's spiritual food we bless you we praise you and we thank you that we're going to eat until we can hold no more in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so we're going to talk today about what do you see what do you see what do you see what do you see what you looking at huh? what you see what do you see it's very important and uh, and you'll see because God has to confirm our vision and, and uh, make sure that we are seeing correctly um, <clears throat> we're created in such a way that we can you have choices even to what you see well, people say things they have phrases like my eyes playing tricks on me uh, you know that you're, you see with your brain your brain is very complex you know the mechanism for sight is very simple but the brain has to play in there it interprets what we see and that's very important that that God uh, be in charge of what we see and that he confirms what we see in Jeremiah 1 you'll see the relationship that he starts he begins to have with the prophet and uh, he begins to call him he says in verse 4 he says the word of the Lord came to me saying before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee and before you came forth out of the womb I sanctified thee so you were set apart before you even were born you just got wind of it when you got wind of it you cooperated with it when you were able to see that truth now there are a lot of people who are sanctified and won't cooperate you got me there they are called to be set apart and they just refuse to cooperate with that sanctification but God has set us apart and he says I ordained you a prophet to the nations so there is a setting apart and an ordering of our lives already from God so you know your your best the best thing I can advise you to do is just don't come up with anything any bright ideas he don't need them See, you're, you're, the good works that you do are foreordained. God's got a list of must-dos that you must accomplish in your life. And those are foreordained that you walk in them. Now, it, oftentimes it doesn't take up every minute of every day, of every waking hour. Because he knows most people won't cooperate to that degree. You got me? But there are some essential things that your gifts your abilities your knowledge your talent that's got to accomplish something in this earth this this is true for everybody we are not put here for us to be cookie cutter carbon copy people of the people sitting next to us we are here for divine purpose God's foreordained that you be here at a certain time on the earth we see that in the book of Esther you know people like quoting that scripture oh you just here for such a time you don't even know what that means 
So shut up and quit bugging me quoting scripture. Come back when you got something real to say. Because if people understood that their time is ordained here. They would be more busy doing what God wants them to do. And to stop wasting it. Doing nothing. (laughs) You got me? So there are some foreordained activities that God wants us to engage in. And they are, are, are related to our abilities on the earth. They are related to our geographical location on the earth. Because God's plan for Esther had to do with things related to the kingdom. He had to get her in the palace. So there are places God has to get us so that our gifts, our abilities that he develops in us. If you've just got talent and you glory in your little talents, you, you may not be much used to him. Joseph was a very talented young man, but he, he got developed in jail. Huh? Amen. Now my baby didn't do nothing. They all say that. And I'm sure some of them in there that didn't do nothing. They'll be developed in there. When they come out maybe they'll start doing something for God. But we got too many people that won't do anything for God. Got too many people with their own plans. What they think is important. What they want to do. Blah 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 blah. But God will show you that you're ordered to do certain things. Jeremiah was ordered to be a prophet. That's what ordained means. It's not a little ceremony where they put a collar on you and stick a Bible in your hand. You have orders to do certain things for God. People don't like those words sometimes. But God is not playing. He's got important things to do. Whether you feel that you can contribute something important or not makes no difference to him. He's ordained you to do certain things and ordered you to do certain things and be a certain person. Then that's what you're going to be. Gotta obey God to do it. And then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Common human response. I always get nervous of the people who say, Oh, I've been waiting for you to ask me to <laughs> Nobody's really waiting. <laughs> Come on now. Well, as they real religious, you know, you have to be very religious to covet preaching. There's always a religious spirit that want to get in the pulpit. It's never, it's never the people that really have something to give. Right. <laughs> oh boy! But the Lord, <laughs> the Lord said, "Listen, I, I, I was thinking about you know somebody that I know that they're in the denominational church, you know, and that's easy to me. Everybody's imitating somebody up in there." And so he's been waiting on the, oh yeah, our pastor's, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty sick. You sound excited about it. You know, I mean, seriously. I want to say you'll never get in there. You'll, you'll be the last one to get picked. Number one, because I pray for people like you not to get an opportunity to do it. So you on my list, number one. And the devil you rode in on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's any good that's going to come in that it'll be when God brings a man or woman of God into that pulpit that wants to serve him not trying to be 
not enough wannabes. Said, but the Lord said in verse seven, "Don't say that." When God rebukes you, you obey. If He corrects your confession about yourself, you correct it. I remember one of the first prophecies I got from God why do you keep saying you can't when I tell you you can and I quit from that day forward I quit saying I can't do anything now some of us keep saying it because we think it's cute and it sounds humble but it's stupid to contradict God you don't have to say anything about yourself just quit saying stuff that's wrong he says don't say that because you're going to go where I send you and whatever I command you, you'll speak. Don't be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you. Now that ought to pique up a little curiosity. I mean, what do you mean, God? I'm afraid of who? What face? Deliverance? Am I going to need deliverance from mean people? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. That's why you're set apart. So that his words can be in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms. Now this is spiritual authority, folks. It's not he's going to be a king and run everything. It's the same call Jesus had. He was over nations and kingdoms. Why? Because his kingdom was not of this world. To root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. So God begins to speak his future into him in this encounter. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? It's always a test of where you're, whether you've received what he said thus far. He's got to know that you're you're accepting what he's what he's telling you. He said, "I see a rod of an almond tree." The Lord said, "You have well seen. You have well seen. Whatever you see, well, whatever you see that God gives you, what do you see? Whatever you see that God gives you, He will hasten His word to perform it. If He shows it to you." You get it from his word. You get understanding that from his word that this is what he has for you. This is the path he has you on etc etc. He will perform that thing in your life. He says the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying what do you see? You know when we pray that's all God is asking us is what do you see? Do you see my word coming to pass here? Do you want my word? Do you know what's in my word? Have you prayed my word? Are you giving my word back to me? What do you see? What do you see that I can do for you? See all the promises are yes and amen by us. What do we see? Hmm? So you got to go a looking for it. Hmm? God is already showing it to us but we've got to receive the vision we've got to pick it up which means that we have to seek for that we have to go looking for it we have to want the will of God for us we have to want his word we have to want what's contained in his word but when you get his word you also have to have the conditions that are on his word this is a problem for some people 
They want the promises but they don't want to do anything to get them. They don't want to cooperate. They just want it to drop in their laps. But we have to accept everything that we see in God's word. So he says came to me a second time. He says I see a seething pot and the face of it is toward the north. So he's getting a little more descriptive with what he sees. huh? Hmm? He's the first thing he saw a rod of an almond tree. You prophesy according to the proportion of your faith. You speak according to the proportion of what you see and you don't add to and you don't take away from. So he says I see a seething pot the face of it is toward the north. The Lord said to me out of the north an evil shall break forth etc etc. Now you notice that it is God who adds the interpretation to what this prophet sees. And this is where this is where we we need to focus a little bit I think. But because many times we will look in the word and add our own interpretation instead of allowing God to tell us exactly what we are seeing there if it's for us who it is for what he's speaking to this is very common for the mind and the soul to fill in where the where the information is absent that's how we get wrongly divided truths from the word of God that's how we get interpretations that that aren't right Miracles stop with the apostles. That's such a common thing to be said and believed. You know not in our circles. We think it's stupid. But there's 99% of of believers out there that aren't spirit filled believe that miracles stop. Hmm? And it's because they see them in the word. But they don't have the faith for them in the now and how to get them. So they just make up an interpretation of the Bible based on what's up here in their brain. So it stopped. Oh yeah that's for that time. It's not for us right now. Because I can't make it happen. And I don't know anybody who can. And I don't know anything about it. So then the human, the limits of the human mind will come in and put an interpretation on God's word that's why God only asks us what we see he doesn't ask us what it means he fills in the meaning he makes the meaning real to us I remember a young woman that was um, she worked for the 700 club many years ago I'm trying to think what kind of background this girl had Um, uh, I think she I don't know if she was one of the celebrity type people or ex-beauty queen or somebody but I think she was a journalist and she worked behind the scenes most of the time and she said that God had spoken to her that she would uh, be a host on the show one day and she was all excited and looking forward to it and oh this is this is an answer to prayer this is what you know everybody who starts out somewhere wants to get to the top and this is a business besides being a ministry you know and uh, so anyway she was so looking forward to it thought it would be the highlight of her career and how important this was and you know praying about it and all this kind of stuff so where she what had happened was when 
Pat Robertson made a run for president. He was going to enter first as independent. The Republicans wanted him. And out of it came some some very important things that have remained to this day. I think that um, uh, one of the Christian christian uh, political groups sprang up during that time that little ralph reed guy remember him he was president of that and, and they they started to wield more political power because i think people just thought christians were supposed to shut up and not get involved in anything and it totally shook people up i mean democrats were running under the tables they were couldn't make up enough stories about him fast enough to discredit him and the republicans were running for cover because here was this man really could preach and he really knew god and what's that going to mean for us and we're going to look like a bunch of you know people who see things and he talked to god all the time and that's going to kill us you know everybody was i mean it was chaos and uh, he was serious about it he had come from a political family so politics was like real close you know how apostolic people always think political you know that's that's one of the attacks of their that office you know they think they can get it done in the natural a whole lot faster but anyway during this time though they would have people come in and fill in because pat would get on the road and i can't do it and i'm praying and you know i need to hear from god and that's the kind of person he is and so it was then the reputation of that ministry started to suffer you know people were calling him we're not giving anymore (laughs) so it's a mess so guess who gets called to be one of the hosts on the show during this time that was this girl been praying all these years oh god put me in that seat i want to be in that seat and god said you have well seen i will hasten my word to perform it you know <laughs> so very often you can receive the word of god but the details have not yet been worked out circumstances through which this will come have not been worked out none of these things have yet been worked out because god has to get us to receive his word and he knows we'll receive it better if it looks good to us huh and so very often uh, this is why he will not allow us to interpret what that means we can get the vision and we can see it but he brings the interpretation the details and until he brings details then we will not be able to uh, see ourselves fully in that we can accept that it's going to happen to us and it'll come to pass but the circumstances and details we we are not certain of look at mary and joseph you know probably from a small girl she'd been groomed to be a good jewish housewife and a mother and this and that and then she's you know pregnant and and ashamed you know i mean the details never get worked out until god begins to manifest in our lives but he will show us enough so that it lines up and gets a yes on the inside of us because there's a circumstance he needs christians in all kinds of circumstances it's not going to just be a playground for us all the time you know in accepting the promises of god sometimes there are promises we don't want to receive you know it's when you talk about going back and and reconciling with people that you know i'm glad they're out of my life you mean i got to go back there and be friends with them yeah you do 
You know, this is the main ministry that we have as believers. If you can't do that, who can? God's people are so equipped to forgive and so equipped to love and to to do that. And you know, if we don't if we don't administer that properly to the people that God's called to receive it from us, we'll pervert it and start giving it to the wrong people. Hello. Yeah. You'll twist it up. There are many people, their children disappoint them. Christian people. And then they want to go and make friends with everybody else's kids and, you know, overdo. You know, it's perverted. It's twisted. That was supposed to be ministered to your family as part of God's reconciliation process. Hmm? People get into trouble with, with adultery all the time. Well, me and my husband, we're on the outs and, you know, we don't have sex anymore. Well, you're looking at somebody else to have sex with. And you don't even know him. We twist and pervert things often. Mm -hmm. Just because we don't want to accept God at his word. So we need to discipline ourselves. Whatever God's word says, we receive it. It's a yes and an amen. You know, I, I got that, Lord. I received that. You know, I don't know how you're going to do it, but <laughs> you'll have to move me to get it done. Well, it's never a problem for him. So he knows what he's got to do. But he wants a people who he can say, you have well seen. You have seen the right thing. You saw what I wanted you to see in that. So he saw well because he saw what God showed him. What's important to God in it. And what we see is important for many reasons. What we see, we always talked about that, was is judged by us. Your mind judges whether or not you want it. Whether you like it. Whether it's going to be good. Sometimes your mind will add an interpretation or a meaning to it. In the natural we can only see what our senses provide. But in the realm of the spirit we can see God's word. We can see that coming to pass. Many times people wonder about Christians when they adamantly hold on to God's word. You really believe there's a heaven and a hell? Well of course I do. I suggest that you believe in it too and decide which way you want to go. You know why you're on this side of glory. You don't know how long you might have to make that decision. Now believers have as long as they want. It's unbelievers that don't know. If you ever want to know how long you got, you can talk to God about it. Uh, he'll tell you. Huh? You never have to you don't have to be in the dark about things like that. Huh? You know, people make this well, you don't know how long I know exactly how long I got. Saying God. <laughs> I got as long as he wants me to have and he told me already he's going to satisfy me with long life well I'm not quite satisfied yet I'm a little dissatisfied I want to kick the devil some more I have some more things I want to see happen yet so I'm not quite satisfied yet mm-hmm. so so our natural vision then can limit our spiritual vision. They can compete with one another. 
many times natural vision will will supply the interpretation god will give you the word then your mind will put a limit on it or add something to it or or twist it around some kind of way so we we have to know the difference between natural vision and spiritual vision natural vision is limited to what your mind can conceive and what your mind can interpret in natural things natural vision <clears throat> does not always have to come to pass there are things that we can behold in the natural that we desire but they are not guaranteed to come to pass in Deuteronomy chapter 3 I'll give you an example of that and there are many others in the Bible if, you know we'll talk about how obedience plays a part in what comes to pass for us Deuteronomy I say chapter 3 we'll start in verse I think 23 <clears throat> This is Moses speaking. He said, And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness. He has begun to show Moses his greatness. So Moses is getting a glimpse of spiritual things. When God begins to reveal himself, that's a spiritual revelation, it's not a natural one. And he says, <clears throat> Moses gets very interested in knowing God. Show me your glory. Show me this. Show me that. Show me, you know, Moses was the original, I guess, guy from Missouri. He wanted to see everything, you know. And so it, it, he got just got very, very caught up in the greatness of God and the might and the awesomeness of God because it was said that no man could see God and live and yet Moses was able to keep his life because God protected him from destruction God actually hid his sin so that his sin was not evident to God while you know love covers a multitude that's that's that truth being manifested and God so wanted to reveal himself to someone he actually gave Moses a benefit that we get now you know that hadn't really come because the law wasn't in operation but God's sovereign he can do anything he wants to so if he wants to show Moses the benefits of the law that he is yet to release to the people uh, he could do that so the Bible says that God prepared a place for Moses in the cliff of the rock where he could hide and he didn't see God's face but he saw what followed him and it was mercy and goodness and his glory it just saw the train of God as it passed by him and so God Moses got caught up in the things of God it was just so magnificent to him and he says show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or earth that can do according to your works and according to your might so he has seen the works of God and he wanted to see more of God that should be our our quest you know uh, sometimes it amazes me but not so much so that now that I'm older in the things of God that there can be people that have seen the 
you know miracles and goodness of God and yet still hunger for carnal stuff you know I mean that should make you make you go home and repent and say God please help me not to help me get the taste of this out get the taste of that out help you you know I don't want to go back to that uh, but it's so common that people do that it just wears off real quick but he says I pray you let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan that goodly mountain in Lebanon so here we see the conflict between spiritual sight and natural sight because uh-huh. what is what is the natural land have to do with the things he's just described about God you can do all these powerful you can you parted the Red Sea and closed it back up and all of our enemies drowned and all of the things that that had happened with God's might and power. You know, I stood on the mountain for forty days and I I received a a stone that you had taken your finger and written in and, and all that kind of stuff and and then he comes back into his natural self and he wants to see something natural wants to see some evidence of something that's all just up until now has just been a promise he wants to live long enough to see that and we're not sure where that desire comes from if it's just us coming back into our natural realm or if it's more evidence that God's alive and will do these things or he's just following up on what God's given him but Moses has has had that in his heart that promise of God he's had in there ever since before they left Egypt and so he's been carrying that around in him and I think sometimes those promises kind of keep us alive so that we can see the manifestation of them it's it's part of our life and where we're headed on this earth and I believe if if there's a something that God has yet to do of a spiritual nature I think the spiritual is far superior to the natural you can hold on to that as a link between you and God for things that you desire to see because to be honest with you natural interests run their course and they will not hold your interest as long as the spiritual things will because spiritual things are eternal natural things are temporal or temporary and many people come down with cancer and if it's say if it's a young mother with small children you see some fight in them because they desire to see those children raised or you know I haven't seen my children grow up or any natural thing they'll they'll have to hold on to they'll hold on to it and it will motivate them for a season huh because anything that's natural you know is temporary and there there can come a sense to quit inside of an individual you know it just you know well I thought that was important but I'm in, I'm in so much pain now I don't think I can endure the pain to get to the next you got me so whenever your vision is natural only it can always be moved out of importance with something else that's natural and temporary that's stronger than that 
And sometimes the prognosis of the doctor, those words get stronger. Sometimes the pain gets stronger. Sometimes the, you know, getting tired of people just coming watching you waste away. You know, that kind of stuff gets stronger in people. So I would say if you're going to find something to hang on to, to stay around, make sure it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. God, you know, I, I still want to see, you know, this country come back to where it used to be, where God's respected and the children can go to school and safety and they, they get the devil out of there and all this kind of stuff or anything. Or, God, I want to, you told me I preached to this group and that group. I haven't done that yet. Or I'm doing that, but I haven't done enough of it or something in a spiritual realm to hold on. Because here Moses was talking about the wonderful and great things that God would do and then the next thing he asked for something natural sounds like he's only flattering God you know in one sense to you know get him to do this for him so he says I pray you let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan that goodly mountain in Lebanon but the Lord was angry with me for your sakes and would not hear me so Moses has his verdict and has his answer and the Lord said unto me let let it suffice you let what you've done so far be enough okay, this is enough what you've done he said speak no more to me of this matter he said get you up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with your eyes for you shall not go over this Jordan but charge Joshua now listen these things are important because what a servant of God beholds the faith for that needs to be left in this earth that's how faith is that's how the church is that's how the people of God survive from generation to generation through vision passing on vision that's why God said to take the word of the law rehearse it in your children's ears day and night don't let it depart get this inside your people because this vision will keep them alive from generation to generation that's how it works so Moses was the camera that took the picture that Joshua received by the hearing in his ears and that vision took Joshua into the promised land for the people so it's like a relay race those of us who watch the Olympics you know that that vision was the baton that's passed to the next runner the runner on the the first second and third legs they run out of steam but the last runner better make it that's Jesus so he made it to the finish line amen so we got a a, a, what do they call those the last guy to run anchor yeah we got an anchor that that won't fail us amen amen so he does not fail on anything so he brought it on in for us so then we can share a completed vision with the world. Israel could only share a vision in progress. And when it didn't look like they were making any progress, they dropped the vision. Mm-hmm. They just dropped the baton because of what it looked like. Well, we're in bondage and here we are in Babylon. You know, we're captive 
where are the miracles <laughs> you know where's the this where's the that we're supposed to be a great and mighty people don't look like we nothing Christians get that way they look at what the world's doing and all they do is complain talk about how bad it is God's never called us to complain talk about how bad it is he's called us to declare his glory in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation so Moses then sets this up he said charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him how with the vision just putting the word into him rehearsing the word in his ears for he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you shall see you see now God's provision for the latter house to be greater than that of the former you see how this increases from generation to generation by what we see what do you see what do you see God's people doing what do you see the body of Christ doing there's a difference between a physical congregation and the body of Christ people who focus on a physical congregation just see the people coming to church from week to week you know and how many there are and you know do we have a big enough place and we're going to grow we're in growth spurt we got to have a building fund we got to do this we got to do that but they seldom see the body of Christ manifesting the way God wants it to manifest why because they're two totally different things we're talking two totally different things here God always sees his body manifesting the buildings will come he wants people who are sold out to him he'll find your place you know it's Mary and Joseph didn't have a place to stay. He wanted to get the baby here and keep keep Herod from killing him. I said, "Y'all dealing with small potatoes. I need somebody to have this baby. I give you a place for the baby. Come on now." You know, any place you want, Holiday Inn, you can have uh, Hawthorne, you can have Residence Inn, you can have Marriott. What you need, huh? But I need some obedient people. I need the important stuff done. <laughs> Somebody who's going to obey me and carry this vision into the earth. So the vision was given to Joshua, and God charged Moses to strengthen him for the time to come. Good leaders do that, they want strong people, they don't want wimpy, weeny, whiny. <laughs> For your sake, you know, you don't bother me if you want to whine instead of obey God, you know, go for it. But I'm telling you, there comes a day when you have to stop that if you're going to survive because the devil will come and kill you, little whiner. And so you got to get that strength inside of you. And that's what Joshua had. Joshua learned under Moses. So he learned how to obey God, how to judge what was God, what wasn't God, etc., etc. So Moses was written out of the visual that he couldn't see that that um, that promise because he had done something that that was not cool with God, was not the will of God. So it's not just what you see. But also obedience plays a factor there too. It plays a great factor. So <clears throat> each step of obedience then brings it closer, brings us closer to our promised land. 
You see God obeyed Moses in going up to the mountain where he could see everything. But he was forbidden to go further. So sometimes obedience becomes a matter of restraint as well as a matter of stepping out. Sometimes we only look at you know I got to sow some seed I got to do this. We look at the doing of things which is good we should do that. Those should all be acts of obedience. But sometimes obedience is restraint. And leaders have to learn how to restrain themselves. You know, restrain from from spending. Restrain from uh, putting things. You know, putting your your uh, the work of God in jeopardy and debt and all those kinds of things. You know, they have to restrain on uh, uh, you know some of sometimes the things that we do that would be nice to do are they're lawful but are they expedient? You know, these kinds of things. You have to restrain yourself on. How you present God, you know, reputation and so forth and so on. That's that's very, very important. So in Numbers uh, chapter 20, why don't we go there. We'll see the, the um, incident that caused Moses to be disqualified from entering in. Even though he had a vision. And the vision was a good one. God had given it to him. He had believed that promise. But he didn't get there. This is important for us to understand because there many times we have a sense that something's not right because these things should come to pass but we don't know what's not right. We don't know what what went wrong. We don't know if we can correct it, how to correct it, etc, etc. So Numbers 20 verse uh, start in verse 2 I think. There was no water. They went to, I'm sorry, verse 1. Children of Israel, the whole congregation, went into the desert of Zin in the first month. The people abode in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Now this is very common for people who are trying to find their way in God you're always going to have people who murmur and complain against leadership because they're scared to get in God's face with that nonsense you got me I mean if the leaders obeying God you know really what they want to do is tell God off but they take it out on the on the leaders says and the people chided with Moses and spoke saying would to God that we had died <laughs> you know should have left us in the desert why did I get saved before I get saved I didn't have all these problems with the devil no because you were serving him you're on your way to hell but that makes no difference to you now verse 4 and why did you bring us up <laughs> of the Lord into this wilderness and our cattle would die here and wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt bring us into this evil place this is no place of seed or of figs or vines or pomegranates you know I mean Christians do this all the time the world looks better to you because you didn't have anybody telling you what to do that's the main problem that believers have with Christianity when you were in the world nobody bugged you yeah because nobody cared about you 
you know there was nobody to care that if you lived your life right or anybody who had the power to help you live it right yeah a lot of people in your business but nobody could empower you to live your life right no they just won't tell you what to do all the time they're not doing anything themselves and so here you know we we had figs and pomegranates over there and you know be careful when you start reminiscing about the past i don't care if it's a christian past you know you gotta you know that's a sure sign you're scared about your future you can't go back huh now, I never should have left so and so. I, you know, where I made my mistake was I, I stepped out and I tried to do this. Well, that wasn't a mistake. You just didn't do it right yet. <laughs> Keep doing it over again. You might get it right next time. So you can't. You know, it's it's like being in a a, a straight between two hard things. You know, your past is not available to you anymore. You can't go backwards and get that back again you you, and when you made the decision to move on you did it in faith believing that God was in your future now you want to back up and go back somewhere where he's not there anymore for you you know people people leave things and, and looking for something better And then when something better isn't coming fast enough, then you want to go back to that because you thought it was your security. Well, that's not there for you anymore. You know, you were supposed to, you know, we're looking back 10, 15, 20 years to something. We're trying to get back again. You know, people who have been separated and divorced, you're trying to get back where you know, where you left off with that person. That time is gone. You're going to have to prepare for a future. Huh? Yeah, you can't go back there. Well, when I left, the kids was three years old. Well, they're 23 now. You can't go back there again. Hmm? You, you got to go forward. And I think people are afraid to get a vision of what forward is. They run from God for 20 years. Trying to figure out, well, what's it going to be like? And <laughs> It's going to be interesting. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Gonna be very interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you care what it's gonna be like? You're holding on to God. Mm-hmm. So here, you know, <laughs> people are giving Moses a hard time. Man, I don't. I'd hate to think what I would have told him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people get in your grill. You got, you know, get under your bridge work. <laughs> they working you. You know what I'm saying? Irritation. Hmm? And all you're doing trying to obey God and help people. You know, I mean, come on now. <laughs> well, Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared and spoke to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod and gather the assembly together, you and Aaron your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes. And it will give forth his water. And you shall bring them to them water out of the rock. So shall so you shall give the congregation their beasts to drink Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him so he's obedient so far Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before 
before the rock and said to them here now you rebels <laughs> you see that little prayer he did in front of God didn't do him much good huh? <laughs> come out from the presence of God still mad <laughs> you rebels do we have to do everything for you and Moses lifted up his hand and smote the rock twice water came out abundantly God honored it a lot of things we do God honors it because the people have needs not because we do it so well you got me just you know keep that in mind when you start patting yourself on the back about the fact that God uses you what does that rock represent why is he getting hit twice? Didn't he die once for all sins? So we beaten up on Jesus twice. See, so this is this is the thing. <clears throat> Obedience plays just as big a part as vision does. In fact, we have a lot of people out here who have well seen. In God, they've seen what God has for them. They've seen what God wants them to be, but they're having a problem. Huh? Pressures, people pressures, devil pressures, all kinds of pressures keep people from portraying God properly at all times. So he says, he smote the rock twice, water came out, people drank abundantly, their beasts also, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I give them. Mm-hmm. This is the water of Mirabah because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. So God performed his word. He made himself holy before the people. Moses didn't do it. God did it himself. But that does not mean that Moses and Aaron did what was right. And so they have to be judged for their disobedience before all the people. And so they both don't go over. The people that survive are able to make it in under Joshua. But they do not go in under Moses. So Moses allowed the murmuring of the people to anger him. Took it personally. So first thing ministers have to learn when they take things personally is that it's only business. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with them it just has to do with who's wearing the robe you got me so he disobeys God in the front of the people and he causes the people to feel that God is angry with them when God is not mm-hmm. God has forgiven the people just like he forgave Moses and God is ready to bless the people but Moses wants to make sure he lets the people know how he feels (laughs) So, so he puts it in but at the wrong time so we all have a congregation we're called to represent God to many audiences 
So how do we represent God? Is God portrayed as holy? That should come first. I mean you should never profane God in any way. Put him down on a level where he's too accessible to people. You must always maintain him as God at all times. Is he loving, kind and forgiving? Is he honest and humble? Now these are ways that man can accurately portray God. Is is holy number one in that he God carries himself in a certain way through you. That you don't get down and dirty with their language and try to be too much like them and you know get them get them confused in your representation of God. But you have to be a friend of humanity like Jesus was. Jesus wasn't looking down his nose at people. He was there to help humanity. <clears throat> but he didn't give in to the wiles of the enemy. And try to pervert or twist what God was, was doing to represent himself through him. When we preach the gospel are we honest about the penalty for sin? Hey, Jesus did that. When the woman caught in adultery was forgiven she was told to go and sin no more it wasn't she wasn't getting a, a, a hall pass to go back and get with her boyfriend again she was told not she was told it was wrong but she was still forgiven got me so we need to make sure that we are being accurate in our portrayal of truth we're to speak the truth in love but it has to be God's love we speak out of it can't be a human twisted kind of thing but we must speak the truth truth is very important it's it's more important to to speak the truth than it is to try and make sure you're you're right about everything down the line you have to really let people know that certain things god will honor and certain things he will not honor so this is how we sanctify God. We have to give an accurate portrayal of who he is and what he's told us. We, was, we must never ascribe attributes of fallen humanity to a holy God. We can't um, portray God as being mad at people when he's not mad at them. We're soft on sin because he's not soft on sin. He judges sin. Sin's already been judged. So what we see, <clears throat> what we see that God reveals to us will come to pass then only if we obey God. Just like Moses was cut out of going into the promised land. It wasn't because he was too old. Couldn't make it. He made it up to the top of the mountain. I know he could have rolled himself down. <laughs> found him a tent to, to hang around in. But it was because he disobeyed God. Let me tell you what disobedience does in our dispensation. When God says he's a foreordained the works that we should do in him that means that they're on a path there's a road that we have to stay on that will lead us to everything that God has for us many times unrighteousness will tug at us 
to pull us over because we have some kind of imminent need or we think we have a need that we can't get met on that righteous road. Somehow righteousness seems too slow, too boring, not exciting enough, it's not going fast enough. Some, some idea pop into your brain to pull you off of that road. Pressure. People pressure. Bill pressure. Want pressure. Need pressure. All kinds of pressures will come to force us off of the road. The road of righteousness. Sometimes we go. Uh, you ever see people can only follow God so far. And they come to a fork in the road. They got to go back and find something comfortable to cling to. You know, just don't want to give everything to God. It's like. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I got to hold on to something of my own, you know, some kind of rebellion. <laughs> it's good for me. I like it. Oh. And so we we tend to be a little too self-willed to be able to obtain everything that God has for us. We don't. We lose confidence in God's way. We 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 think we obey God, but we have to do it. In a a certain mindset of confidence. Faith is a confidence and an assurance and a trust. It's not always wondering if this is better or this is faster or this is going to do it. Is this the right way? Can I trust God? Did he really hear me or did I mess up too bad? Well if you messed up too bad who else are you going to serve? You better go to him. If you think you messed up that bad you better be running to him. No. Because the devil will show whoop you. He loves guilty Christians. <laughs> He does. He loves disobedient Christians because he can keep you guilty that way. So in 1 Kings 18, this is about vision again so that you can see what vision does. uh, How it progresses into the manifestation. 1 Kings 18 I'm pretty far over in this. Uh, start in verse 41. This is after the prophets of Baal had been killed and God sanctified again in front of the people. When his prophet challenges the wicked prophets and puts them in their place, the people repent and decide they're going to serve the Lord. He is God. You know, how many times have they said that? (laughs) About as many as we say it, I guess. We're working on it. And so Elijah said to Ahab in verse 41, get you up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So no doubt this whole people had been fasting and praying and waiting to hear from God well they're fasting anyway because there's nothing to eat verse 42 so Ahab went up to eat and to drink that's one way to get the devil you know your cupboards are bare declare fast Huh? <laughs> We're fasting around here until <laughs> God brings provision. He'll bring it. He'll bring it for sure. Instead of complaining about it, you know, it can turn anything into a, a sacrifice if you decide to. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees in prayer. 
And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Hmm? <laughs> the prophet saw something though. Uh-huh. It depends on what you decide you're going to see. Huh? See, you can make the decision to see what God has for you at any time. Or just merely a decision to see. Stop letting your mind interpret and tell you that you're broke, you're sick, you're half dead, you're, you know, whatever it is. Just make up your mind you're not going to believe that anymore. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Huh? You, you know, <laughs> Dion, what's his name? Is it Dion Sanders? Or, yeah, he's a little fairy with wings on his back now. Did y'all know that? You can believe whatever you want to believe. <laughs> and still making money at it. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, not in your wildest imagination. <laughs> so he tells his servant, go up now toward the sea. And he went up and looked. There's nothing. Keeps looking, there's nothing. Keeps looking, there's nothing. He had made up his mind there was nothing there before he went. Oh. Made up his mind there was nothing there before. See, poverty's a mindset, lack is a mindset. It's a mindset that can be changed and changed very quickly just by a decision. I'm not going to think like that anymore. That way of thinking is killing me. It's not putting any food on the table. It's me that's doing that. It's not somebody else's fault. I'm doing that to myself. And so he says, he told him go and it took him seven times to wear that thing down out of him don't be shocked at how long it takes you to get your answer how long it takes you to see what God sees and to accept what God sees huh don't be shocked you know sometimes you say well i feel like i'm starting all over again you are you're at the beginning of square one but this time when you go through keep the right mindset that you have well seen god's word and he wants to hasten it to perform it in your life but you gotta see what he tells you to see you gotta hold on to what you see and believe in what you see and wanted to hasten back into your life. See now see this is this is the thing. We 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 feel two ways about this word hasten. If it's money coming in out of nowhere, we want money coming to me now. Pull the slot machine handle down. Hmm? But it's it's something for our good that's going to develop our character. That's going to challenge us in some way. We don't want that. Don't hasten that. That ain't God. I rebuke you devil. Get on off my prayer. (laughs) Get on out my life. So he says the seventh time. Verse 44. It came to pass at the seventh time. That he said behold I finally see something 
Now this is the thing. All you had to do was say I see a cloud. I see it but it's little. It's so little it's only about the size of my hand way out there. See, we have to be careful not to interpret. Didn't we say the interpretation belongs to God? The interpretation belongs to God. See how easy it is to to diminish what God's doing. Hmm? So, and that diminishes your expectation of good when it comes. See, whenever you diminish God's word, you're really cutting down your expectation of good. If you're waiting on 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 the manifestation of your healing, you're under the word, you're receiving the word on the regular. Start seeing yourself up and doing what you used to do without pain, without discouragement, without fear. Quit seeing yourself limited. Or I just want the pain to stop. I just want this to stop diminishing what God wants to do. Hmm? If you if God's promised you a job, see yourself secure in that job. That that place is not going out of business, it's not going broke, they're not losing anything. I am secure in what God has provided for me. Start seeing yourself the way He says it. You have well seen, you saw well when He first promised it to you. Now that some time has gone by, you're not seeing well no more. Huh? <laughs> you see it not well. Huh? It's the truth. And so he says, There's arise a little cloud out of sea, like a man's hand. He said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and set you down that the rain not stop you. What rain? Don't keep asking me about anything you ought to be convinced by now. The prophet has him to prophesy. Over what he's seen. And bring it further. Into vision. So the prophet begins to, to tap into the voice of God for the details. The details have to always come from God. You don't add the details. The details must come from God. When the servant added the details. The cloud was so small it barely see it. So the prophet tells him to go tell the king that there's going to be so much rain he better get started now because his, the wheels of his chariot are going to get stuck if he delays any longer. Came to pass in the meanwhile that, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. A great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. So while you're looking at these things... The vision of it has a small impression on you. That's what it is. You know, it's the way you perceive it on the inside of you. It's perceived as something small or barely noticeable, or maybe God won't bring it to pass. But as you meditate on it, God will begin to enlarge it to you, add details to it, make it full, make it rich, make it real, make it tangible. He'll make it all of those things. So you have to allow God to fill in. Don't you dare try to fill it in yourself. 
You're going to make it so big it scares you. Or it's going to be so little it doesn't do the job. So you hold on to what he's given. Once you have well seen. Once you've seen what God gave you to see. You hold on to what he gave you only. And if there's any expansion of it. You let him expand that. How does he expand? He expands it through you asking. Sometimes he'll tell you. Sometimes he won't tell you anything. You just hold on to what you got. That's good enough. But then sometimes he won't give you any more details. You got me? You just keep thanking him for it. That tends to make it more real to you. If you thank him for something before you see it, he'll let you see it. It's kind of like a little law of God. Law of thanksgiving. It brings the increase. So, now what we need to know that here, the revelation of God began with what? And the prophet, what did what came to the prophet? After he prayed, came with a sound. Hmm? He said, go up now and see. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. So it began with the prophet with a sound. A God-given sound. He, he saw well because we knew, we know the outcome was that it, it was a great rain. It was an abundance of rain. But it had to be brought into the earth through the faith of not just the prophet, but the prophet's servant and also the king. Those are three key people. And so the servant was able to receive. Now what what the servant got (coughs) was hearing what the prophet said. Which brought about the seeing. When you hear the word of God it will always form a picture, an image, a vision or something. So the hearing of the word brings faith for what you've heard to manifest. God says if you tell the Lord that you your blood pressure's up. you He sent his word and healed you. So you hear that. And then you can settle in on the fact that your blood pressure will be back to normal. Got me? And so you see yourself with a normal blood pressure. You've got to do this. You know? I went to the dentist and and they had new blood pressure apparatus. I said, why do they got to try stuff out on people? And my blood pressure it looked like it was abnormally high and so I just told God I said well I gotta get this down I said I'm not gonna run around here wondering is it going higher is it going we get it down and so later on that 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 night I was just praying the Lord said well I can bring it down to this this number for you you know a couple days I'll tell you what to do and so I so of course Pastor Gigi had a water pill. You know, girls share water pills. So I shared a water pill. <laughs> Pastor Gigi. <laughs> so I'm running around there thirsty. Drinking up everything. I said, I wonder how if this doing any good. I'm drinking like a camel, you know, and all this kind of nonsense. And I put the my uh, scriptures on. And two days later it was down to like 140, maybe 142. Over, just on the borderline, you know. So it's like God's telling me, you know, just keep taking the word. You want it normal. You can get it normal. But this I'll do for you with, with this much effort, you know. So 
so it's it's back down again and so I'm thinking to myself I said well God I, I want to do this without the pills you know so I'm diddling around with it and I totally forgot the program I lost my little mp3 player for about four days all kinds of little chaotic things so I'm back at the dentist again you know <laughs> the little blood pressure thing and so he says well he said you know it has to be a certain number before we can give you anything to numb I said numb what are you doing and he said uh, we're, we're doing the deep cleaning I said, well, you ain't shooting me up for that. I said, you just do your clean thing. I said, if it gets too bad, you'll stop. Trust me. You know. I mean, the last time they did this, they weren't shooting everybody. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, now, God, come on now. What is this? Just getting everybody doped up and... <laughs> so, so then his his supervisor comes in to check his work, you know. So they go in there with their little things. So I reminded him I haven't had anything. He said, "Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all." I was like, "Look, Dracula, you ain't getting in my mouth." You know, they want to get in there and stick you and call you, have you bleeding all, and you don't feel it so they can work faster. I said, no, y'all ain't going there with me. This is new. Uh, no, 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 no. Y'all ain't going there with the kid. But, you know, these things will, will come where you're challenged, you know, and it's like, oh boy, here we go with another problem. I come in here for help and I get messed up here, you know, and I'm not thankful they found this because this is going down. This is not my blood pressure. I don't receive this. But it's, it's, and, and so I'm finally thinking to myself, I said, well, that really was kind of a protection for me against the over, you know over treatment over you know you never know why these things pop up they don't pop up out of nowhere they they're there because god has is revealing something to you and helping you with some things so that you're not being abused and he you get the treatment that he wants you to have nothing more nothing less these are designed to get you to a place where you you understand God's protection and divine protection so I was rejoicing <laughs> my whole situation so I still can't find Gigi's blue pills <laughs> so I'll split them with you I don't take them half the time anyway yeah, we're all just doing things halfway, half word, half faith, but you know, we working on it. But um, you know, we 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 have to understand that God is active and involved in these things and in that you have to see yourself back normal again. I don't see myself as somebody who's, you know, you know, and then I got nurse wretched. That's another thing to make you get in the word. You know, I taught Rachel how to take blood pressure. So, and she likes to squeeze that little bulb and leave it up there, and your hand is falling off. And a little nurse wretched, honey. Can I? Should I stop, Baba? And she's just a pumping pump like she. I, I I can see you don't want to. So why don't you just keep going? Did you get it, Baba? She goes, Oh, I went down too fast. Well, let me do it again. I said, I bet you do want to do it again. 
But you you know when God gives you the word of healing you see yourself healed. I learned how to do that instead of just not without a little bit of pain or not without something. You got to see your health self with the whole thing. Be made whole is what he wants to do. And so we have to understand God's actions in these things. Nothing happens to us that is not his divine plan for us even though it may seem like it's it's not being helpful at all. And so I was able to to and get a glimpse of, you know, how that profession's changed, you know. I mean, they they want to shoot you up for everything now. I walk around here and can't preach for three days or something stupid you know what I'm saying because of whatever so if it's not necessary I'm not going to have it if when it's necessary God will cover me with it but we're not going to go into these abuse situations just because you know they want you to sleep so they can just do anything and you don't move I told him I said well you know pathology is like right across there if you want to work on dead people already they don't complain they don't move (laughs) they say well I like live patients and you just better have to deal with them then I'm very much alive so anyway (laughs) but anyway (laughs) but you know you you have to go into these things not in fear scared of everything but understanding that God takes care of us he knows the end from the he knew you were going to come here this was going to happen before he even stepped in here and he's already provided the remedy and the answer you must see that when you see that then you have well seen Mm-hmm. you've seen well you've seen the right thing you've seen what God sees about you then and only then will he say to you you have well seen and I will hasten that and perform it and get that in through you in your life amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for your word and understanding of your word and help that comes with your word your word is life and power to us it's health and healing to all of our flesh every single part of us is healed by your word so we thank you lord for your holy word and you bless and we bless you in jesus name amen praise god amen 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 praise the lord